people told me I couldn't do a lot of things. I feel like I'm the chosen one. Look at this. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. All we are is proud and passionate. I love Toronto. I love this team. And we're going to the NBA Nothing matters but winning. Welcome back to episode 59 of Rapsville Weekly. I'm your co-host, Gabriel, alongside Adam Kasuchi. And today we have three games to talk to you about. We kind of ended off last week previewing the Dallas Mavericks versus Raptors game. So we're going to talk about how that went quickly and then get on to the doubleheader with the Miami Heat. Before we get to that, as always, please like and subscribe and leave your comments down below. We want to hear your opinions. Thank you. So the Raptors win their third straight game against the Dallas Mavericks, 116-93, to in a blowout uh, win, as well as putting on a defensive clinic. Uh, the first half was uh, very even, and the defense uh, was pretty consistent for the Raptors, holding the Mavericks to 47 points at the half. Uh, the Raptors' offense didn't really show its effectiveness until the second half, uh, which they scored 69 points in. The key I really thought to this game was really to contain Dallas's two superstars in Doncic and Porzingis. And uh, Nurse, to start the game, uh, he did go with the double-team approach on Doncic for some possessions, which didn't uh, work out for the most part, as Doncic, uh, being the high IQ player he is, uh, made the right basketball play, uh, leaving the Raptors' defense ha- handicapped and scrambling uh, for the most part. But as the game progressed, Nurse did change his tactic, uh, leaving Stanley or OG to guard Doncic single-handedly, which I think is the much better approach. Uh, and if he did blow by uh, Boucher or Siakam, would be there to help uh, Stanley or OG. Um, and I thought that for the majority of the game, uh, Stanley and OG did a great job staying in front of Doncic. And uh, I thought that's what they had to do um, to not get into those help, uh, help defense situations. And uh, yeah, I thought he was really good. Stanley was a pest in this game and so got under the skinner, which made the difference tonight. And the Porzingis matchup didn't go as planned uh, with a huge height advantage uh, over any of the Raptors players, to be honest. But uh, we did make it very uh, difficult uh, for him on the inside. The Raptors also shot 50% from the field and 36% uh, from three, while the Mavericks shot 38% from the field and 25% from three. So the Mavericks had uh, more free throws with 27, and the Raptors had 18. I'm really happy with these numbers, uh, with the, Ma- the Mavericks having uh, such the players and having the drawing machine uh, with Luka Doncic, uh, it's great to keep the Mavericks to such low numbers of free throws, and it could have been much more uh, if we couldn't uh, contain Doncic. But uh, the Raptors out-rebounded the Mavericks uh, 46 to 38 as well, and they also scored four, uh, 56 points in the paint, which is a very high uh, number for the Raptors, meaning that they are being more assertive and focused when getting to the paint, and I think this is a big key uh, to the Raptors and their success. And I have a couple questions for you, Gabe, here. Uh, what do you feel about the Raptors waving Alex Len? Uh, I think it was a smart decision. I feel like the center position has been one we've been lacking in. Chris Boucher has stepped up tremendously, but we've uh, been struggling to see performances from Aaron Baines or Alex Len. In the little minutes they get, it's hard to get a real contribution from them. And we haven't seen the greatest upside um, besides their basic abilities. And I think that we didn't really just need the position. We weren't playing Alex Len at all. It was kind of like a dead roster spot if we needed the position. And yeah. based off of what we're seeing in this team in terms of uh, defense, rebounding, it seems like we need other big players in the floor, but not necessarily in the center position because Boucher fills that so well. I think we need another four or even a three, but someone that is a little bit taller and more mobile, someone like Yuta Watanabe that fills that type of position. So maybe that could be the next move. 
I certainly agree. And my second question here for you is, how fortunate have the Raptors been to not, uh, to not have been hit uh, with yeah, COVID-19 we've actually been yet, quite uh, lucky considering the amount of games that have been uh, postponed, like let alone someone on a team contracting it or something like that. Uh, thank God for that. But it's also just been, we've been lucky we haven't got any games postponed. Us fans have been able to watch our team so far consistently, and we haven't had trouble uh, so far with the schedule. But I'm sure we might end up having something soon because uh, the, the number of cases in the league are increasing and so are the number of postponements. So I'm going to give you now a little bit of a breakdown on the players of each team. Dallas I'll do kind of quickly because there's only two big, the two stars to talk about here. Porzingis had 23 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, 8 for 14 shooting. And, uh, you know, he was just uh, very hard to guard, as always. He is a tall player, can shoot over uh, anybody. Um, it's a tough matchup at the 4 or 5, wherever he gets placed in. And, uh, you know, I thought the, the matchup that we recommended in Boucher was the best look. He did a good job of contesting a lot of shots and being there. And we also recommended the, the idea of double teaming. And it worked. Uh, literally, I think right in the beginning of the game, Van Vliet went to go double team Boucher. He is a tall man trying to back down. He's going to have high dribble. And someone like Van Vliet can come in there and steal, cause a, a quick double. And it worked a little bit. But obviously, he was still hard to guard and he was a bit of a pest. But the bigger story here was locking down Luka Doncic. He had 15, 7, and 9, which are obviously, uh, you know, decent numbers always. But for Doncic, those are low. He shot 4 for 11 from the field and didn't make a three-pointer on the night. I think it was due to Stanley Johnson and OJ Ananobi's insane defense. Stanley was an absolute pest. You saw Luka was getting frustrated. It gave him a little bit of an elbow to the face. Uh, and then Stanley caused a kickball violation. But then, like, he was clapping at him. And I know that the intensity was high there. I was very impressed with Stanley's game tonight because of that. And I just think we did a really good job containing the two stars. And we got lucky that other guys like Tim Hardaway shot 0 for 12 this game and was scoreless. And it made it easier when some of the role players weren't producing as much as we expected. But they did have some decent performances. James Johnson with 15, uh, Trey Burke with 17. So some guys did step up, but it clearly wasn't enough for them. Uh, meanwhile, with the Raptors, uh, I guess I'm going to start with those guys as I mentioned them. Stanley Johnson, he had six points, three boards, uh, two for three shooting and a block. I just think his defense has been absolutely incredible so far, and it's been a huge asset, especially against these stars. And I think that this might be the new look, is the way he matched up on Luka is, um, you know, for future teams, future stars, you kind of get that star player out of the out of the play, and Luka stayed around the, the hash marks, and Stanley just stayed up on him. No help defense, just one-on-one, and everyone else can worry about the, the cuts and the help defense and worry about their own play, but take take the star player out of the possession. And I think it would help us a lot with that type of uh, lineup. And Stanley played fantastic because of it and did decent contributing on offense. Um, with our starters, though, Aaron Baines, he ended up playing 11 minutes. Um, sadly, like usual, he only put up one rebound, uh, missed a shot, and then didn't really do much. Nurse pulled them off. Uh, Pascal Siakam, 19 points, 5 assists, 7 for 19 shooting. He wasn't the most efficient tonight. He had about an average game scoring-wise. Um, but obviously there was trouble that three ball. We just don't I'm shooting it anymore, man. Oh, for four from three. It's something that's been proven to be not as effective as we thought uh, from the beginning of the season. And I really think that he should just stick to that inside game. OG Ananobi, 13 points, 11 boards, two steals in a block, five for 12 shooting. His defense was masterful tonight. Uh, he did a great job uh, on Luca or whomever he was guarding. Two steals in a block are great numbers. And, you know, he did decent on the offensive end, hit a couple threes and helped out on that glass. So that's what we like to see from him. Fred Van Vliet struggled to shoot tonight, 2 for 10 from the field, 1 for 6 from 3. Uh, he only had 6 points, pulled with 4 rebounds and 6 assists, but the story was 4 steals on the night. He was a pest on defense on whoever he was guarding and helped defense or double teaming 
proved useful when you got Fred, a guy that's really aggressive and gets inside players, gets under their skin. And his backcourt partner, Kyle Lowry, wow, 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists, 9 for 12 shooting. This is the Kyle that I like to see shooting very efficiently, scoring at will, uh, shooting the three ball well. We didn't really see too much of that in the first Heat game, but in this game he did prove very useful. And obviously Chris Boucher, as usual, had a fantastic performance, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks of steal, and 8 for 12 shooting. He's just been playing absolutely uh, fantastic. He did well against Porzingis, although Porzingis had a you know a better offensive night. Boucher still did really well, and I felt like on the offensive end, Boucher was doing a great job at scoring the ball and making his three balls as usual. And Norman Powell, 17 points on the night, 6 for 11 shooting. This is the Powell that we love to see. Uh, he did a great job at scoring in like that 6th, 7th man position and you know helping to get the win for us. Uh, the other guys didn't play too much here. Terrence Davis, 11 minutes, 6 points, so I think I'm going to cut it at that. Uh, overall, I think we just had a great performance tonight, masterful on both ends. Offense, we showed up in the second half, and defense, I think we did a fantastic job all game. So now moving on to the first game of the Heat doubleheader, um, the Raptors do just not just perform. I mean, it was a tough game. I mean, just losing 111 to 102, uh, snapping the three-game win streak of the Raptors. And I can't really say this was a bad performance. I mean, because of how elite this Heat team played in this game, I mean, the Raptors ultimately had a tough time limiting the Miami three-ball, allowing 18 made threes, which was really the story in this one. Um, Miami played his own defense for the majority of the game, and this really troubled the Raptors' offense in terms of ball movement. And I think Eric Spolstra, uh, new players like Baines, Siakam, and OG would have difficulty making quick decisions under a lot of ball pressure, uh, which the Heat team did apply heavily uh, by hedging. Uh, which either rushed players into making bad passes or forced them to slow down the ball, the ball movement, to protect the ball, uh, which then allows the Heat defense to recover to their original man. And I think this was a big problem for them. And uh, this is the area where we really want to uh, improve on. And we really miss uh, Marcus Sol and Ibaka, which they were uh, extremely good at just moving the ball and being into, in that box and one and that guy in the middle of the box. Um, but yeah, it just has to be addressed and work on, I think, for this Raptors team. Uh, the Raptors shot 40% from the field and 33% uh, from three. The Heat shot 49% from the field and 45% uh, from three. The Raptors were also out-rebounded, 46-41, to 41, which isn't a surprise due to the Heat's physicality with guys like Adebayo and Achua really, really outplaying our centers today for the most part. And uh, I think Nurse made a huge mistake by putting uh, Chris Boucher on Adebayo. It just didn't work out. Just a complete mismatch in terms of strength. Uh, Baines had actually a decent game and should have been used in that fourth quarter to match Bam. I do respect uh, Nurse, though, for admitting that he didn't uh, do a great job of rotating the players and should have switched personnel, uh, putting Baines into that fourth quarter. And uh, I respect him for kind of owning up to his mistake. Uh, it was a Spolstra masterclass, really, at the end of the day. I, underst I understand that this team, to me, is one of the worst matchups for the Raptors, especially when Butler and Hero are back. Uh, I think they're going to really cause some problems if they do match up with them in the playoffs. Uh, but for this one, I think the Raptors just have to live and learn and uh, understand that they just got outplayed tonight. Uh, for the questions I have for you, Gabe, but what can the Raptors do to rebound and really bounce back uh, versus the Heat again on Friday? Well, before going into that Friday game, um, I think the most of the problem of the night, I feel like, was individual performances from our players. There was a couple of small things, one being Kyle Lowry. 
but in terms of, I guess, guarding Miami, it was trying to keep guys quiet. Duncan Robinson's an insane shooter. I felt like it was a, a big impact, a big task to keep him quiet. He's been very crafty and dangerous. And obviously, Bam, a threat on the inside, as always, finding some type of stop to him, which we did see a little bit in that first game, but it came out more, in my opinion, in the second game. I feel like keeping those three guys quiet was the would have been the key to stopping this team. True, and my second question would be, who's Bam Adebayo's matchup for the second game versus the Heat? Well, in the first game, we did see a um, bad defensive performance by Chris Boucher against Bam. Uh, Bam was just way too strong, aggressive, getting his own rebounds and putbacks, and it seemed like a task that we couldn't manage. And Pascal Siakam is too small as well, too small, too skinny to guard that matchup. Both did not look like they were working. Baines looked like he did a little bit decent in this game, but it was also hard to be totally confident in his abilities. Uh, I guess we'll talk about it in the second game, what we really saw afterwards, but in the first game, it was kind of hard to tell who had been the stopper. So to talk about individual player performances, I have to start with Kyle Lowry, because especially coming off of such a great game against the Dallas Mavericks, he had an absolutely horrendous turnaround in this game. He started the game getting the first seven points for the Raptors, and it looked like it was going to be a fantastic night for him. And after that, he kind of just forgot how to shoot a basketball. I don't want to be so blunt about it, but he at the end of the game, he was 1 for 10 from 3, 2 for 12 from the uh, field goal. He couldn't make absolutely anything. In a game where we were trying to keep this one close, fight our way back, come out with a victory at the end, no matter what we did, Lowry just kept missing shots. He was missing threes, um, you know, very impactful plays, uh, turnovers, bad passes. I felt like he just was not himself this game. He even had that play at the end where Bam had the ball on our end. And it looked like there was about maybe a couple minutes left. And uh, Bam was going to hold it to waste some time. And then Lowry just fell over. And Bam just came in and dunked it and made their lead even higher. And it was a, a chance to get a stop. And we didn't capitalize on it. And it was just a dumb play. Um, maybe a little bit of bad luck there. But I just did not see the Kyle Lowry that I always see. He did have 10 rebounds, 7 assists on the night, a steal and a block. But his shooting was just absolutely horrendous. Totally hard to watch. Sorry to anybody that had him on fantasy that game because... He definitely caused some bad points that night. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to quickly mention that, that Gabe was just so pissed off this game. Uh, I was on the phone with him, and personally, if you know him, he's a very nice guy. He Even if uh, players do perform uh, poorly, uh, he won't really criticize them, and he'll take uh, always a nicer approach to, to criticizing them and, yeah. and different players. But this game, uh, I don't know what it was about this Kyle Lowry performance, but he just did not have it on this one. Yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, cheap plug here at Rapsville, uh, you would have saw that I put a post out there. Of, he was smiling a little too much at halftime, uh, that he was shooting one for 10 from three by the end of the game. You shouldn't have smiled as much. Anyways, uh, Aaron Baines. For him, this game, I thought he did decent. He had three points, seven rebounds, three assists, one for three shooting. Uh, the defense, like I said, was a little bit decent on Bam. I think he did a decent job. Much more rebounds than he usually gets. That was good to see. And he hit a three-pointer on the night. Um, but besides that, he obviously is a little bit uh, ineffective on the offensive end, especially this game. So he did come out as usual, but he played more minutes than they usually get. Pascal Siakam, 18 points, six boards, two assists, and a steal. I thought I thought he had a pretty good game, minus the three ball once again. Not a good look for him. He was 0 for 4 last game. This game 0 for 3 from 3. But by the end, he was 7 for 15 from the field. He had some success, I think, getting on the inside, being aggressive there. Um, and I think that like staying on the inside works for him. That that double and pass, the kickouts, 
they work driving kicks. Those seem to be working uh, to our advantage on the offensive end, creating plays. So I think he just has to keep it simple and just keep it to that. Um, OG and Obi, 18 points, seven boards, three assists, six for 12 shooting, a steal, and four three pointers. I think he just did a good job of making his open shots, helping the offense flow while also playing great defense. I thought he worked well with the switches, having to guard different players, and overall, I think he just did good contributing to the team. 18 points is a great number for him, and we love that setup. Um, Fred Van Vliet, 24 points, five rebounds, nine assists, and a steal, seven for 18 shooting, three for eight from three. Uh, the efficiency has seemed like a little bit of a problem for Fred, but I think it's also because of the tough shots that he takes, along with those drives to the rack. For some reason, the refs haven't been giving him the calls, and no matter how much he gets uh, stripped and grabbed at or, or whacked, he just doesn't get anything. But I think that overall, uh, I've been seeing a lot more dangerous moves from him, like that pull-up midi. He hasn't really used that before this year, and now he's using it a lot more. Um, he looks more casual when he does it. It's smooth. It's clean. And I think it's a, a good addition to his offense. Uh, good passing as well. Smart defensive plays. In the first half, he cut off a Linux on a drive. There's a lot of IQ to his game, man, and I think he's stepping up a lot this year, proving to be a real leader. Terrence Davis, 16 points in 24 minutes, four rebounds, three steals and a block, six for 12 shooting. I was very impressed by TD this game. I thought he uh, stepped up dramatically, showed that he wants those minutes and he can be valuable in the offensive end. The defense is always something we're weary about. He tends to always have at least three fouls a game. We kind of call him the foul machine around here. But I think he did a, you know, a decent job this game on defense, three steals. He was a pest, and his scoring ability is definitely proven. He can drive to the rack, and he can hit the three ball. So when he's doing both at a good rate, it's, it's solid for us. Um, Boucher, 22 minutes. He didn't even play as much as he usually does. Eight points, two assists, three for seven shooting, and a steal. Uh, I did, he had a decent contribution, efficient shot-making ability. But I feel like he just didn't get uh, you know as much minutes, didn't get to produce as much. Miami is a tough team, and Bam is a great center, so it's tough to really have a great game on him. And Norman Powell as well uh, struggled this game. Seven points in 18 minutes, three for eight shooting, one for five from three. This was the Powell that we don't want to see as much. He just couldn't shoot. His shot wasn't falling. Three ball, simple as that. And Stanley Johnson, 11 minutes. He had one rebound. That's about it. And a block. Um, you know, Decent defense as usual. He had a nice block on Robinson. That's what it was from behind in the first half. It led to a nice transition point. But besides that, he didn't really contribute too much to the game. Uh, and in terms of the Miami Heat, so obviously Bam, he can always be a problem. He had 14 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists on 6 for 14 shooting. Definitely not his best night, but still decent numbers. Dragic had 17 points of his own on 6 for 16 shooting with a steal. He really turned up at the end and caused problems for us as we were trying to make a bit of a comeback. Kelly Olenek, 15 points, um, you know, a decent stretch big for them. 5 for 10 from the field, hit 8 boards, 8 assists, so good numbers. Duncan Robb, 14 points, 4 for 7 from the field. He had four back-to-back threes at the start of the game and then quiet down, but it's clear that he can always be uh, dangerous and he gets the hot hand. When he gets going, he will make every shot. He, It's crazy because he doesn't even, like, contests don't bother him. He just shoots over people, uh, doesn't have to adjust his shot. He just shoots it and it goes in every time. It's actually miraculous. And the big performance here tonight was Kendrick Nunn, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 9 for 12 shooting. Um, you know, there's not much you can do when a guy's playing that good. He had 23 points in the second and third combined. For second and third combined, 23 points. That's a crazy amount of points. Um, he was just tough to guard, man. He was just shooting the ball well. He shot the three decently. He's quick. He's explosive. He gets to the line, makes plays. He was good around that mid-range. It was definitely... a uh, 
um, a tough guard for Van Vliet. So now moving on to the Miami second game of the doubleheader. Uh, Raptors show their resilience and regroup as they win this one 101 to 81. The Raptors came, uh, came out strong and assertive, uh, to start. And, uh, defense was brought to a different level, I thought, uh, because of a difference in paint protection, uh, which forces Miami to shoot a lot of threes. I think that's what made the difference. Uh, the ball was moving from side to side and players were, uh, were making great decisions when doubled or, uh, when they were zoned. And uh, as the game went on, we did see it slipping away, though, uh, because of stagnancy that led to long droughts without scoring scoring the ball. Uh, the Raptors need to develop a comfort level in one or two plays that can consistently work uh, in these dry spells of no offense. And I think that the Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka uh, pick and pop or pick and roll uh, last season worked so tremendously. And that was the go-to play when we hit these types of droughts. And we're kind of missing that. So we need to develop some type of play that works at a consistent rate uh, that Nick Nurse can use. And uh, I don't know who the personnel is in these plays. I'm sure it should involve Kyle or maybe Siakam or Fred. But uh, let us let us know in the comments what you think uh, that duo should be in running that play. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, uh, to end the dry spells of no offense, uh, we I thought we really played, uh, played good. And uh, after blowing a 21-point lead, uh, we went on a crucial 12-0 run that saved them uh, from another embarrassment this game. Uh, what is causing these offensive breakdowns, do you think, Gabe, uh, that we need to clean up? It's tough to put a, an exact answer on it. I think that some of it stems from just forcing shots, and some of it stems from taking the same shots when they're not falling. I feel like for us, what happens is once we miss a shot or two, then we're stuck in that slump and we keep shooting like three balls to get ourselves out of it. As the other team scores bucket after bucket, scores a three and another three, and we feel kind of pressured to um, you know, keep that lead, we start taking big shots like three-pointers. And I feel like we just force too many of them. When we're not scoring, make it simple. Get to the inside, score a quick bucket, get the offense flowing again, get out of the cold spell. Whereas I feel like we're stuck and we shoot way too many threes when we're in that position. I think that's has something to do with, um, you know, not getting the offense to flow once you have a long dry spell. I do, I do think that is the key. And we also, I think, feel like, uh, well, now Siakam is starting to do it, but we are getting the paint uh, penetration, uh, getting someone to drive and kick. We're also getting it with Powell, and we're seeing a little bit from OG as well. So that's it's great to see for, from a Raptors standpoint. But I also felt, uh, along with Norm and OG this game, I felt Baines was huge tonight uh, with using his physicality on, on Bam Adebayo uh, really to slow him down, which made the Heat shy away uh, from that one-on-one matchup that they were using in the previous game on the inside. So we do got to give credit to where it's due here because he's received a ton of criticism, honestly. And by the eye test of watching tonight's game, I think he deserved to play. And he's not going to give you a double-double every night. That's just not the player he is. But if he can cons- uh, consistently uh, sustain uh, that high level of defense, uh, night in, night out, that's what's going to give him the minutes that Nick Nurse is looking to give him uh, in the future. And uh, to finish off with some questions, uh, how has Stanimal's performances influenced uh, this team uh, throughout this, this run that they're starting to win games again? I think that although his offense, he can't contribute the most, once in a while we get a nice three ball out of him, I think his defense has made him so useful on... A, stopping the other team's star player, but B, like the turnaround in energy. When we can't score a bucket, the key is to just have strong enough defense that the other team is not scoring as well either, so you don't give up your lead. And I feel like when he's on there, he just does that. He puts on a defensive clinic. He has so much energy on that end that it just creates a good stop for us, 
and we get rolling in the other way in transition or just getting better looks because of it. So I feel like his impact has been phenomenal. As long as he can continue to play that way in the defensive end and have some type of contribution on offense, whether that be a cut or making the odd three ball from the corner, I feel like he'd be very useful to this team. Yeah, and another one I'm a bit worried about is why has Malachi Flynn been struggling uh, so much to just uh, consistently be, uh, be given those bench minutes? I just, I'm not seeing uh, his his production right now. Yeah, I think with him, it looks like on offense, he kind of looks uh, scared or hesitant. Um, I think he is very a uh, simple player, a pick and roll type player. And the problem with this team is that we don't have a classical, um, you know, center that runs pick and roll like, like Baines was a big body, he would do that. Like Baines has not been good enough at all in the pick and roll. I'm going to make that clear when I talk about him. But yeah. um, Boucher, it's not necessarily his forte either. Like he does it a lot, but um, it's not the type of play that I think Malachi is used to or the big type of screen that Malachi is looking for. And if there's no screen coming, there's no center on the floor and it's more of a small ball, he seems kind of lost. He just stands there and moves the ball side to side. He doesn't ISO, he doesn't driving kick. He just stands there and waits for a play and then just passes it off and looks like he doesn't want to take the big shot or try creating his own shot. Um, it looks like a lot of hesitancy for him, and he hasn't been making his shots in general. So that might add to a lack of confidence. One for five from the field this game. Uh, I think that was it. And because Kyle Lowry was out with that toe infection, it looked like uh, Nick Nurse wanted one like designated playmaker on the floor at a time, whether it be Fred Van Vliet or Malachi. He didn't think of TD or Watson or someone like that as the playmaker. So when having just Malachi on the floor, there was like no real offense ISO created based off of the point guard like Fred usually does. Uh, now for a player-by-player player breakdown, I'm going to start with Baines because honestly, um, offensively, there's still a big problem. But I think defensively, he stepped up so tremendously. We've been looking for someone to fill that spot uh, against Bam after the first game. And we knew that he might be capable of it. And I think once he got in there, he looked like he wanted to be there. He looked like he was um, mad. He was he was done with like not getting the minutes and having rough nights, getting bad calls from the refs. And even when he got called for a foul or two, he was getting angry and he wanted to keep playing hard. And, uh, you know, he did a good job clamping Bam. It was like back-to-back plays where they would feed it to Bam and Bam would um, turn it over, pass it out of bounds, um, miss a shot. And I think Bain's just doing a great job of clamping up. He had six boards, three points for the night. Two steals, two blocks. Now, we don't see blocks from him very often. I think this might have been the first night of the season we saw a block, and it was two, arguably three. I think they might have counted as a steal. But one was huge against Olenek running across the paint. Like, we saw a different Baines in the defensive end. But on offense, I need a comment. He looks so confused out there still. That pick and roll, there was twice back-to-back plays where he would give a pick for Fred, and then the center who was on him might have been Bam, and then whoever was guarding Fred, they would double Fred and trap him, and Baines would just run away and not look at the ball at all during his roll. And um, Fred was stuck trying to find who to pass it out to. And Baines just, like, instead of turning around, looking, um, properly rolling, he would just run and try setting a screen for Norman instead of collecting the ball from someone who was clearly in danger. Like, he looked really confused out there on offense and, uh, you know, only shot one three-pointer and made it. Uh, the other two he missed, and then he missed two other buckets. So on offense, he still has a lot of work to do. But at least tonight we saw good defensive performance. I'll leave it at that. For Pascal, he had 15 points, 14 boards, 5 assists, 6 for 12 shooting and a steal. He had a slump where he didn't uh, score the best. But I think overall, tonight specifically, everyone had a pretty much a good game besides Malachi Flynn. And um, uh, Boucher didn't have the best night uh, in terms of what he's up to capable of. 
But besides that, I think Siakam will take his performance from him. Decent numbers uh, offensively and defensively. The rebounding has been key for him. 14 rebounds. He is nine rebounds above everyone on our team. Uh, sorry, eight. Baines is there. My bad. But pretty much nine above everybody. Um, he's just been doing a really good job at that. One thing that's been a problem is his turnovers. He, uh, you know, there's tends to be plays where he makes a bad pass or he can't get out of his driving kicks. But I think he did decent this game overall. So no complaints here. Uh, Fred, 13, 5, and 7. He's been struggling to shoot that thing for a while. But this game specifically, I think it was really a problem of the refs. Because every time he drove, he was getting yeah. whacked, grabbed at. Um, and he was trying to kick it out or throw it to somebody, but he literally couldn't get the ball out of his hands for how much pressure was on him. Maybe that's partially due to um, Miami's defense in the paint. They do have throw. They are a very strong defensive team. Don't get me wrong. And they got Bam in there, other good players, um, veteran players. But there was definitely calls I think that should have been given, especially like Iggy. He's a veteran player. He's good at defense. But there was a play where Pascal drove and he clearly slapped Pascal, and there was no call on that. And I think this the the ref on that baseline there let a little too many slide. Uh, so I'm going to leave it at that. I think Fred overall had a decent game, two steals as well. His defense was very good, and he did a great job playmaking. It was just that uh, efficiency on the shooting end. Yeah, the, these refs have been totally just absolutely awful uh, with the calling. I mean, I still haven't seen personnel uh, that, that I've known uh, seen uh, prior in the past watching NBA games. I don't even know half of the refs that are, are refereeing these games. And it's just, it's really sad uh, to see Fred not getting calls and all the work he's put in. And I'm yeah. sure he's he's learned off of Kyle. And if Kyle was in those same positions, I've seen Kyle get so many much more calls uh, when when Fred's doing basically the same thing. And then he'll not get the call. I just, I don't understand. If you're going to be consistent and call it, call it for both players. I don't get why why one player gets the advantage over the other. I get that there's tendencies that he is good at drawing fouls. But call it for both guys. You understand? Like, yeah. I don't get it. And I think people constantly complain that, that Raptors fans complain too much about the refereeing and stuff. But we're not just Raptors fans. We're NBA fans. We watch basketball games. We watch other teams. Um, you know, me and Adam will definitely watch any big game that's on. We love seeing star players. We, we're in fantasy, so we want to watch our guys do good. When the playoffs are around, we're watching everybody. We're watching, obviously, the entirety of the playoffs. So we do not just watch the Raptors. We see other teams and know other teams that get these calls that we never get. And when we burst the teams, it's so clear that there's literally, it happened this game. There was one play where we go up, don't get a call. Like I think it was uh, either the, the one where Pascal got slapped or a Fred drive and he didn't get a call. And he literally complained to the ref right there, where's the call? And the very next play on the other end, they call something very soft. A late call, someone going up. Like yeah. it, it is very clear. It's so definite when there's a chance where we don't get it and the very next play they give it to them. And you're like, you're not giving this to us. Why are you giving that to them? It happens way too often. And we see it all the time. Maybe we're paying attention to it a lot more because we are Raptors fans. But I'm telling you, we watch a lot of basketball and we see other teams that get away with certain calls or get certain calls and we never get them. If it was James Harden doing that thing that, that Kyle does where he where the guy uh, hits him and then he goes up and throws a shot, Harden would get that in N1 every day of the week. For Kyle, it's never a shooting foul. It's always a reach and it's on the floor every time. So uh, there's certain things that I think slide with this team that we don't get calls on um back to the players uh, og at 21 points eight for 12 shooting four rebounds two steals another fantastic performance man he uh, he stepped up in this in this miami series um he did a good job defensively as always and on offense he was just making those open shots man we need him to make those the offense flows so smoothly because he ends up being that open guy he learned on some of the plays where he was pump faking and sidestepping that was a new addition to the game but he was just being very efficient, rebounding well on the offensive end too. 
He was tipping some plays, uh, keeping them alive, getting second chance points, and that really helped us. Uh, Norman Powell, we say it all the time. We joke about it, but it's true, man. The guy loves to start. He loves to hear his name in that starting lineup. 23 points, 3 rebounds, 10 for 18 shooting, 2 steals. That 3 ball wasn't the best. He was 3 for 10 from 3, but he started the game so strong. First half, 19 points, 8 for 11 shooting. He was on fire making everything. He was our go-to guy. He started getting all the points from the beginning of the game for this team. Wanted to get that win for us. Slowed down uh, second half in terms of efficiency, but I think he was just doing fantastic at being aggressive, driving, getting his shots to fall, the catch and shoot. And, yeah, I think it really just helped us win this game. He was one of the players of the game tonight, and OG was the other. Boucher, quiet like I said, 5-5, five and five, 2 for 5 shooting and a block, 19 minutes. Uh, it looked like we gave Baines, obviously, a lot more because of his defensive effort against Bam. And Boucher just didn't look like he fit out in out there, like, on this lineup. Um, but, you know, overall, it was one bad game, in, or not even bad, below average game in many fantastic games we've seen from him. So it's okay. Uh, TD, 12 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 2 for 5 from 3. Um, he had a really good night. You know, I think scoring-wise, he did well. Uh, he showed that he wanted to be out there. His three ball has been a lot better from what I've seen. And he can be aggressive, but the problem was the five turnovers, man. Uh, two of them, maybe even three, were like back-to-back, and they resulted in that scoring slump we had in the third. So he's got to clean that one up. But the, those, uh, the turnovers and also the fouls tend to be a problem for him. But you know, overall, it was an average game. He did help those bench minutes uh, getting some points there. For uh, Terrence Davis, uh, I just wanted to bring up his his struggles uh, when attending to the uh, to the zone. Uh, when teams play zone, I feel like yep. he's uh, very lost out there. And uh, when when you're in a zone uh, offense, you, you have to make quick passes. You have to already kind of anticipate what's going to happen next, and uh, and who's hedging towards you. Uh, what's a contest? What's not? Are you open? And these are a lot of things that happen very fast. And I think Terrence Davis. Uh, is struggling with that a bit. Uh, he he is he's a very good offensive player. I'm gonna give him that. Uh, but when it does come to the zone, he's got to just do a much better job of understanding uh, what's happening in front of him and how to sort it out. What solutions are there and how to figure it figure it out. Malachi didn't look the best at it either. He was trying to figure it out as well because of his very simple offensive game. I think uh, very vanilla. I think that he. Looked like he was struggling out there too. The first game, it was very prevalent. We were garbage at that zone. And then I think we might have at that practice addressed the issue because the second game, we looked like we were trying some different things, faster passing sequences, um, getting guys open, moving the ball a little bit better. And people like Terrence Davis at least are confident in making their shots that when they get a little bit of space off that zone, they know they're probably the best shot of that sequence. They take it, they take it with confidence and then they make it. So that's where he did decent at it. But I think that the zone defense proved to be a little bit of a problem tonight. We just don't seem to be the best at passing out of it um, and finding the right way to attack it, especially the first game. And then the Miami Heat, uh, kind of a similar story. Kendrick Nunn, 22 points, four boards, five assists, eight for 16 shooting, three steals. He was the top scorer once again. Um, a little bit quieter, but still just as much of a problem. Um, Bam, 14-8-4, similar basically thing. Same numbers uh, for the most part, even shooting-wise, just a little bit less efficient. So Baines did a good job there. Drogic had less. Robinson had less. They all scored a little bit less in that game. I think our defense just was fantastic, especially that first and fourth quarter. We were just so masterful out there. Second and third, we had those slumps. But I think overall, a fantastic game put us in a great mood. Hopefully this leads back into a little bit more of a run. Yep, and uh, the next game coming up, uh, seeing uh, Nate Bjorkren again, 
uh, the Raptors assistant coach last year. It's going to be a, a fun contest, and I hope uh, the Raptors could pull through again on this one. Yeah. All right. We hope you all enjoyed. As always, please like and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram, at Rapsville. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's us signing out. Deuces. Peace.